Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by Wager Lab, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, the Professor, and I built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes, affectionately known as sideline. For more about the model, the courses episodes that cover all four of the college basketball games here on Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. We got the first half of the Sweet 16. In case you're here, make sure you check us out at www.pigswiththeprofessor.com slash new. That link's in the show description. Give you some explanations, community rules. See the Google Sheet link in the show description for Sideline's projection on every single game. We got the predicted money line price, what we think it should be, the probability team wins, the average margin of victory, and the projected point total and team total. Got all those goodies there in that sheet. Remember, this show covers picks on the best games in general, we hold back some picks for Patreon or Blackbook, or maybe not hold back as much as the best games are here and the other games are there. There's no other games this time of the year. So you're going to remember that Patreon's always getting the benefit of getting access, access to these picks to the model projections earlier than the general public is. So that's why you should be with us over there on Patreon. Remember that sports are predictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game and doesn't try to forecast it to a tease. That'd be a foolish Impossible goal. We take a long-term view around here, and we don't get distracted when teams either can't hit or can't miss from three. These things balance out in the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see, we'll be profitable every single day. And it's an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, you know, we're here Monday night recording this or Thursday. I don't think we have much to say about the actual basketball that's happened other than I see you. Uh, wearing your Tennessee shirt, and that's the game we're going to start off talking about. So, uh, talk about good and bad variants. Uh, you, you were impressed, I guess, with their performance against Duke as a Tennessee fan. As a Duke fan, I know you were a little conflicted, but I mean, they, they look pretty good. They good game plan by Rick Barnes. Yeah. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but you know, here we are in, in the year of our Lord 2023, and I'm saying it's a good game plan by Rick Barnes. What say you? I look, it, it was, it was the smartest thing to do was to go out and be physical with the Duke team that, um, was coming in hobbled anyway. Like, I mean, I don't think there's any way to know that Mitchell hurt himself in practice the day before, but Filipowski was sick the day before the first game. They were like, let's beat on him, test his legs. And they did that knowing they had the depth that Duke didn't have and were just physical with everybody. And it really worked out. Um, I know there's a lot of complaints out there in the national media thinking the refs mishandled that. I think it was a very well ref basketball game. I mean, the Jeremy Roach one where he should have fouled out was about the biggest glaring call out there. Um, but I, I've, I really found that an incredible game, just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, if I take my rooting interest aside, but it was, I loved it. I, I want to see more of it. I mean, it was an easy under again with Tennessee. And we talked about Duke's defense playing well and Tennessee's offense struggling. I mean, we haven't won every Tennessee under we've been on here, but we've won most. way more than most of them. Um, you know, so I think it just kind of goes back to what we said that, that Tennessee defense is really good and that as good as Duke looked, part of that was they weren't really playing great defenses and uh, they were a good team. I thought they, you know, would have gone a little further in the tournament, but we always talk about it's matchups, right? It's matchup based. And, and I'm not sure that any of the other six teams would have been able to beat Purdue, for instance. I think the way Fairly Dickinson plays is what you know, really threw them off. I think if you put Texas and Corpus Christi there, it's probably more of a straightforward basketball game. I think probably Purdue wins that, you know, or, or you think about how many times have we talked about, you know, St. Mary's and VCU matching up 
Right. One of those where that's, that's unfortunate so early, you know, so it's always, uh, you know, you often see two teams in the bracket that you want to advance. You like them both, but they can't because they're in, or two teams that you're like, I don't think either one of these teams is that good, but we know what I'm going to advance. So, I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes here in March for, for better or worse. It's, it's not the easiest thing to do uh, to win six games in a row, but uh, we'll, we'll get to your Tennessee volunteers pretty early as they're, uh, you know, going to be, or sorry, sure. pretty early. I guess they're the second game. So we'll get to them eventually in the yeah. show. Uh, but, but before we do, uh, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. Again, that Patreon, check it out if you haven't yet. You got the plays of the day, get the Discord chat. Again, you got early access. Got a lot of great benefits over there. It's worth your, the little bit of money that it costs you to get in there. Again, best place to get questions answered uh, about these games, other games, other sports from me or for other betters. It's that Discord chat. Five bucks a month gets you in there. It's probably worth your worth your investment. www.patreon.com slash picture the professor gets you more details. Again, links in the show description. Even if you're not there, still thrilled that you're here. And again, if you haven't joined us on Wager Love, there is still time. It's still free to join. And there's still money being given out if you win. You get 500 fake dollars to make whatever bets you want. Spread money line total doesn't really matter. Uh, a lot of fun over there. A ton of people in there. Hop in if you haven't and give yourself a chance to win some free money. There's no reason, there's no reason at minimum not to make an account, drop 500 fake points, fake dollars, points on your favorite pick out of all these money lines, spread don't matter, and see if you win. Hey, put put it all on, you know, Florida Atlantic to win. That's the biggest dog here, right? If you win, you know, you're gonna you're probably gonna take home 50 bucks, right? And if not, you've lost nothing. So there's no reason not to do that. Um, a lot of fun there uh, as well. And because not any money is free money is fun. Uh, reminder, all total picks are traditional one-unit bets. All Moneyline plays return three units. It is the risk plus win adds to three. So we risk proportionally more on favorites and dogs. Let's get to it. But as always, take what you like. Leave the rest. 6.30 p.m. Eastern, Michigan State at Kansas State. Right now, Kansas State is plus 115. The model says it should be minus 127 in favor of Michigan State. I'm seeing minus 135 for Michigan State. This one's priced really well, according to the model. I commented last week, though. I think the model likes Michigan State a little bit more than they should. I was a little bit nervous about Marquette. I mentioned it, right? The the preseason expectations, right, that that matters. And I, unfortunately, that turned out to be correct with Marquette. Uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, Michigan State played really well. But this Kansas State team played really well, too. I don't think a lot of people gave them much of a chance against Kentucky. Uh, we had them, you know, plus odds here over the weekend and that turned out to be a pretty good investment. So two teams that may be a little bit surprising that they're here. Uh, but I just love this Wildcats team. Y'all know I've, I've liked them all season long. It's not that I think Michigan state's not good. I just think Kansas state's got a decent chance to pull this off. Again, the model thinks they win 44% of the time. I think it's closer to 50. I think this is more of a toss up game. I love, I love Tang there. The, the head coach of Kansas state. I, I think he game plans really well. And not that Uso's not a good coach. I just think people are looking at this. Like Uso's got some coaching edge here because he's going up against a, a first-year coach. But Tang has been schooled by Scott Drew, who's one of the best, despite the fact that Baylor could not get past you know uh, Creighton o- over the weekend. He, he's, he's a fantastic coach. Both both these guys are, so I don't really think Michigan State has an edge there in this specific matchup. Um, I think Kansas State's got a decent chance to pull it off. I think it's a coin toss game. Give me the Wildcats here at plus 1 to 15. I think it's a pretty solid investment. Total, 137.5. Model says 136.9. As I mentioned, though, and again, we keep talking about the same team, so I, I'm just kind of – I feel like I'm, you know, beating an old drum or whatever you want to, you know, phrase you want to use here. Michigan State's offense played really well lately. They've been going over. Kansas State, again, you just never know. It's a great game plan. I think 
that over might be the play if I was going to take a total because Kansas State tends to do what you don't want them to do, what, what they don't want the other team to do. They'll, they'll play fast if you want. They'll slow it down if, if you don't want to. Michigan State wants to slow it down. I think Kansas State's going to try to speed it up. So, I mean, if I was going to touch a total, that's what I would do just because I think Kansas State's really going to focus on putting pressure on Michigan State. And again, Michigan State's been going over as well. So if I had to pick a total, I'd go over, but I'm just not excited about going over a number so close to 140 here in the tournament. So it's not my favorite play. I like Kansas State plus 115. I think they got a great shot to pull it off. I love the plus odds, just like we got them over the weekend. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I can't believe – has there been a more disrespected three-seed than Kansas State? Like, what do they got to do? I, I, I'm i convinced they're not a three-seed. I think they're yeah. I think they're probably a seven. Is, is about how it feels like from the perception of what we're talking about. It feels like they're a seven-seed, right? Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's it, shocked it, they it, made the Sweet 16. Yeah, like it's – I don't know. Like, they've played well all year. They've got two stud players of Noel and Johnson. Like, it's – I don't understand this. Michigan State, good team. And I'm very impressed with how they handled Marquette. They had possibly the yeah. worst shooting night. I've ever seen a Michigan State team have. I think they were like two of sixteen or something, or like two of eleven or something crazy like that from three. Uh, Marquette had a great shooting night, didn't stop them. They were out coached for the get go. Izzo owned uh, smart there. Everything that Shaka wanted to do, Izzo took away. And then as Shaka adjusted, so did Izzo. It was incredible, just out out maneuvering there. They played. Really good. I mean, Malik Hall stepped up, had a big game. I think he was very important. Uh, and this next game, man, this is going to be a tough matchup for Michigan State because Noel is so good, and he can absolutely speed games up just by himself because he can get to the bucket. He can make threes from the logos. It doesn't matter what logo. If it's even in the stands, he'll <laughs> make it there. Uh, and he's big. He's clutch. You've got Keldon Johnson, who, or Keldon, uh, Johnson who's just very, very good. Uh They've got if they get a third person going like they like they did against Kentucky, they're tough to stop. And Kentucky, I think, is a much better defensive team and a harder matchup than what Michigan State will be for this Kansas State State team because they there's a lot that has to go right here. They're going to have to have a better shooting night. You're not going to get that similar performance. You're going to get a team that shoots. 36 37 percent from three is going to hit more than that this time around uh so i think the over is a smart play because i think this game gets going it gets faster we're going to get a lot more buckets than than what's projected i think it's going to take somebody getting in the 70s maybe up to 75 to win this game i think that's kansas state stands a better chance of doing that uh there's just too much michigan state has to do right to beat this Kansas State team. Not that they can't do it, but I, I just don't see them putting up all together again. Like with a week to prepare, giving Tang a week to prepare is going to be tough on Michigan State. And it's like we talk about, right? We're talking about an average game. It's not that Michigan State like she can't do it. It's just on average, we think that it's going to be easier for Kansas State to win than Michigan State. Uh, last thing I want to talk about with regards to the total, we talked about Kansas State, Kentucky, and Kansas State trying to do the same thing, speed Kentucky up. The model went hard under, and the game barely stayed under. The total was over the model's projection, but under the book's projection. I think that's a perfect example. This one, there, the model says the total's spot on, but I say the same thing, that I think it's going to go over the model projection, which means it would go over the book's projection as well. So if we follow that logic trend there, again, I do think over makes a lot of sense. And also, again, plus odds on Kansas State, just too good to pass up. 715 
PME store, I can tell you UConn. I've kind of talked about it a little bit before, right? When you get to these tournaments, you just end up in weird spots where you're kind of just like constantly fading the same team because someone has to win and you're not right on every pick and, and you're constantly backing the same teams because someone has to it, it it leads to interesting situations with these one and done tournaments because you're kind of you're kind of in this like this, you know, never ending loop, it seems like. Model loves UConn. I mean, I said that from the start of the tournament. There's a reason I picked them to go deep. Uh, I loved them this last weekend. Uh, both games, love them here. A great pick on UConn at minus 175. Model says it should be minus 346. Model says it should be UConn minus 7.7. It's only three and a half. Anything better than minus six is an A grade play on the Huskies. Look, Arkansas is playing really well. I don't want to take that away from them. It's just I think this UConn team is really good. I think Arkansas is a top 25 team, maybe a top 20 team, maybe top 15, the way they're playing right now. It's really impressive. But as good as Arkansas has been, UConn's overperformed their projection by even more than Arkansas has. And I've got UConn as the third best team, but not just at the third best team by rounding error. It really is a top three between Alabama, Houston, and UConn. And they're all right there. And there's a big gap to number four, uh, who is a team we're going to talk about here. Uh, to wrap up the show. So, I mean, I, I just think the UConn team is really good. It's not to take anything away from Arkansas. It's just, I think that UConn should be a bigger favorite. I love this Husky team. They've been so great to us. They were so great at the start of the season, middle of the season. Again, who the heck knows what that was about. But ever since they got things back rolling again, they've been just a buzzsaw. And I expect the same thing here. I think this UConn team is insanely talented. I think where Arkansas kind of gets some teams, they've got some pretty, uh, pretty athletic players on that team. And I just don't think that's going to matter against UConn. I think UConn just be way too much over 175 is a bargain price. In my opinion, anything better than minus 271 is an a grade pick. So again, we're I always shop around for the best price, but wherever you're shopping, it's almost assuredly going to be an a grade pick here on the Huskies total 140 model says 139.1. I think it totals price pretty well. I'm just going to focus my best on the Huskies here. I think it's one of your stronger plays of the night. I love this price at minus 175. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's a great price on UConn. It's rare that you can have a team that is clearly this much better at such an easy price. Um, there's so many things that Arkansas has to have go perfect for yep. them yep. for the for the pull this upset. Uh, they've got to make more threes than what they have. They've made a combined four in the first two uh tournament games i mean they're a terrible three-point shooting team all year so i don't see that changing um they've also been a beneficiary right now of some good free throw shooting where they're hitting 75 and 80 percent in these games where on as a team they're below 70 percent. so i don't know that we can definitely count on that still happening and then you've also got to get uconn to turn the ball over but the games that uconn has struggled in and lost like i guess he's like Athletic teams that are similar to this, uh, to this Arkansas team. When, when they've lost to Marquette, is when they had 16 turnovers. Uh, they lost to Xavier, had 16 turnovers. Uh, St. John's forced them into 21 turnovers. But those are games that are few and rare between this UConn team is very solid. Very well, good. they weren't rare between in that stretch. They had them like yeah. all those games in one month. It was the weird yeah. thing. They just were like, yeah. like you said, I, we, we've speculated all day long. Who the heck knows, right? But we've speculated whatever it was, lack of focus or something that might explain the turnovers, but they haven't done that of late. No, no, they've been all over it. I mean, there's not a, I don't know that there's a player in the nation right now that can go man for man with Sonogo. He is incredible. Yeah. Add in another seven footer that could shoot the three ball. Not too many teams have the size and athleticism to match that up. Uh, maybe Arkansas at full strength does. You add in a six nine, six ten Brazil, and maybe they're a better matchup, but it is 
going to be tough. The things UConn has to watch out for is one, their turnovers. That's obvious, but they cannot come out slow like they have in the first two games here. That first half has got to be important. All right. <laughs> they can't just depend on a second half comeback. And then, I mean, what's his face? Jackson, I think is his name, the guard, who is like 0 of 12 in the first half, but is averaging like 20 points in tournament games just because for second halves. Uh, him, he's got to show up for a full game and they can't foul. I mean, it might not hurt him as bad with this Arkansas team, but you can't foul them as much as they do. But like I said, too many ands there for Arkansas to yeah. feel comfortable backing Arkansas. Yeah, and I, I just can't think that this Arkansas team is better than St. Mary's. And I know that Arkansas played really well lately, but that St. Mary's team was really good and people don't realize how good they were. Um, but to some extent, even if you don't fully trust the math, uh, you know, no matter where you look at it, the St. Mary's team is really, really good. And UConn turned the ball over a few times, probably more than they wanted to in that game even. And they still just ran away from them in the second half. It feels like UConn wasn't even, like you said, they weren't even trying in the first half. They still want to get by 15, you know, and it's no, like I mean, this, that, this that, injury, muscle. that injury came back and hurt uh, St. Mary's. But I mean, yeah. he was he's not 15 points. No, he might be. He might be two, maybe. Yeah. And that's still a double digit win and pulling your foot off the gas at the end of the game. Like it, they are, this UConn team is probably should probably be the favorite to win it all with the way they're playing. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to argue the way them and Alabama have been rising up the po- my power ratings, and it's hard to disagree with that whatsoever. Uh, UConn minus one seventy five again, just a great investment. Doesn't mean they'll win. There's no locks of gambling, but uh, great price. They win this way. You know, they play this game. You know, ten times, and you know the model says they win eight of them. Pretty good investment. Maybe we get one All of the right. one of the two, but. This UConn team was just really tough to beat. And I'm like, yeah, I think I think it's more likely they lose to one of those other teams in that top tier, the Houston, Alabama type. And then at that point, it's just the other team doesn't need everything to go right. But if it's not one of those top teams, they need so much to go right um, against them. Back to the other regional here, 9 p.m. Eastern, Florida Atlantic and Tennessee. We're going to go under again. I mean, hello, have you been paying attention? Tennessee and under. Let's just do, I, I don't know. I, I, we should have to convince you. I hope you've been on this train with us. Uh, if you haven't been, I'm sorry. There's still room under 131 and a half. Model says 127. I mean, it doesn't, again, mean that this is a lock. You never know with late game fouls. You never know about overtime, right? Not every Tennessee game has gone under. There's more variance in totals than, than sides. That's why, again, we have our total bets are, you know, risk 1.1 to win one. And our spread and our our money line bets are, if it's about even money, risk one and a half to win one and a half. Or it's risk two to win one or one to win two, depending on if it's favorite or dog. Uh, we, we risk a little bit less in the totals because there's more variance, but this still make this still is a great investment here under Tennessee, just in, in general. The number just hasn't caught up. This defense is good, they play slow. Sometimes their offense doesn't show up, right? It's just all the things we've always talked about. If you've been with us any time, you know you know what we're gonna say, you know what we're thinking, you love the money you've been making, and I don't see why it should stop. So I don't really think there's a lot to talk about with regards to the total, other than it's a smart pick and the model says 127. The thing I want to talk about, Jake, is who wins this game? The model says that Florida Atlantic plus 200 is a decent investment. The model says it should be 166 that Tennessee wins this 62% of the time that they win by an average of 3.7. So right now the plus five and a half gets an A grade from the model. The plus 200 gets a B plus plus grade. It wants plus 202. So our official pick is the under, but the model does think there's a little bit of value on Florida Atlantic, either getting five and a half or at a plus 200. Jake, can Florida Atlantic win this game 40% of the time? 
Uh, simple answer, yes. I mean, we've seen this Tennessee team just drop games. They should be nowhere near dropping. Uh, teams that are very athletic, very fast, and have a good offense, like Missouri and a few other ones like that, have really given Tennessee fits. I mean, Vandy even got them. Like, it's – this FAU team could really give uh, Tennessee fits if things start going right. Uh, like, the refs call it a little tighter. That changes how Tennessee plays because the big advantage of Tennessee – is the size they have, like not just height, but like thick size, strong size. Street. If they can't use that, that really hurts their defense and hurts their offense a lot. Uh, Tennessee's not a strong shooting team. So, I mean, if they get down 10, 12 points, coming back is a really tough issue. I mean, it's geez, almost like those, those old February, school Virginia teams, right? Where it's like once they get down, they just ain't coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, since February, they've broke 74 times. Two of those are against Missouri, where Missouri just changed the pace of that. And the other two uh, were against very terrible teams. They got 270 against Auburn, but that wasn't a loss. Like, they want this game slow and really hardly any offense. They want to take every possession away from you. Uh, man, I think they this team, they, both these two, two teams do what the other one doesn't want a team to do. So they're good counters for each other. I, the difference in the game is going to be does Tennessee get offense out of somebody like that Duke game? Kamwa had a 20, what, 23, 21 point game. Uh, Vescovi shot the ball well, got some points out of some random other players. But does Tennessee find somebody that besides Vescovi, because he's been the only consistent offense to score? And can FAU get Jonel Davis going and not like get him shut down? Because you saw what Fairleigh Dickinson did when he wasn't going and wasn't scoring well. Man, FAU really struggled to score. He's an incredible player. It's going to be fun to watch this game because this should be one of the better competitive games that we've had, and it's got a lot of a lot on the line uh, for both these schools because FAU's never been here before, but I don't think Tennessee, at least in my memory, has been to the Elite Eight. So this is a very, very big game for both teams here. I think back to that first game that Tennessee played against uh, Louisiana. And I think I watched that game and I think Florida Atlantic does everything Louisiana did, but does it better. They're a better version of that. And so uh, the thing is, I don't know what that means necessarily. And this is again, where sometimes look, sometimes we're going to tell you like, Hey, we love this pick and we're really recommend other times. We're going to kind of may ask you questions as a viewer and, and see how you respond and how you, and if you answer one way, then you play one thing, you answer though, we're trying to get you to think. Right, it's one of the teach man to fish things. But think back to that Louisiana game, and there were stretches in that game where Tennessee looked dominant, and they were just going to run away with it. And there were stretches where they disappeared. And you know, the fact that Florida Atlantic can do all those things Louisiana did better, are they going to prevent Tennessee from running away and hanging to the whole game, or you know, so that those runs give them the lead rather than catch them up within four? Uh, or was that Tennessee just kind of taking their foot off the pedal and? the fact that Florida Atlantic's a little bit better version doesn't change much because they just don't take their foot off the brake and they can still handle that. I think there's a lot of questions with regards to who, who wins this game. And I think that's kind of the model's take as well, that the plus 200 is just a decent flyer, you know, not a, maybe just a half unit, you know, quarter unit, something small, just have a little something on it because they could pull the upset. We've seen Tennessee disappear. But no matter which way you're playing that, whether you're taking points, taking money line, whatever you're playing, again, the under, just another solid investment. They're not all going to win with yep. these Tennessee unders, but so many have won. You just can't pass up the opportunity. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's also the first game in a new gym 
in a new mm-hmm. environment, all that, all that repeats. I mean, look, what? So you're saying first half under points. two? Yes, I'm leaning that way pretty heavily because uh, yep. it's new gym, new everything like that. Yep. Going to be jitters because none of these players have been here before. Yeah, I think we, I think we come out slow, and I mean, just like I said, Tennessee scored 58 in their first game in Orlando. This is a this is Madison Square Garden, stage, right? Like yeah. everybody yeah. dreams of playing here. So yeah. it, both these teams could get a little tight there or pass up a shot they shouldn't pass up because uh, I'm not sure about it. Like so, there's a lot of that coming out. Or here. or or I want to score here and they take shots they shouldn't. Right? There's just a yes. lot of ways it can yeah. go wrong with yes. regards to to low scoring here. Mm-hmm. Um, which takes us to the nightcap. I I look. I cannot wait. To see if Gonzaga wins this, Gonzaga UConn. I've got Gonzaga as the fourth best team. Gonzaga is the fourth best team in my ratings. UCLA, unfortunately, not 100% healthy. It hasn't mattered so far. I'm not convinced they played anybody where it would matter necessarily. I think that this UCLA team would be ahead of Gonzaga if they were fully healthy. We've got another new injury now that we're not really sure about that rolled ankle at the end of the game, how that's going to affect uh, UCLA, but still, of course, without Jalen Clark still matters. This UCLA team, really, really good. But again, with the injury situation, I've got them down to 15th. I think Gonzaga should be favored here. I've got them favored by 3.8. They win this game 63% of the time. Look, again, when you get to this point of the tournament, every team has won two games. So I am going to pick against it. If I don't, if I pick a side, I'm going to pick against a team that's won two games. So you can spare the comment of, did you see them how they played last weekend? Yes. All these teams won two games last weekend. I saw, I watched like just about every game. Right. So, I mean, I, I get it. The point being, uh, you know, Kentucky's just looked so good. We've talked about it a lot down the stretch. They dismantled St. Mary's the last couple of times they played them. They dismantled everybody in that conference. This team Gonzaga gets a bad rap in the tournament because they've had a couple of really early exits. But on average, this team plays well in the tournament. They play up to or better than their seed more times than not. That's not the narrative, but the narrative isn't true in this case. And the narrative isn't always true in general. I think we all can can think of a time where that's the case. So I don't think the narrative fits Gonzaga. I think this team is really good. I love the way they're playing. I've got them as the best offense in the country. Obviously, it's going to be a tall task with UCLA's defense, and I wish UCLA was fully healthy with Jalen Clark in there. Um, you know, it would be just a strength on strength, Goliath on Goliath, heavyweight, you know, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. I don't, I'm running out of analogies. Matchup, it would be so fantastic. But I just want this UCLA team. I think this is where the injury bug really bites them. Again, I've got Gonzaga winning this almost two out of three times. Models is the correct price. We can tag a minus 169. So as I'm always saying with some of these big edges, Gonzaga shop around for the best price, but wherever you look, it's going to be an A grade play on the Zags. Total 145 and a half. Models is 145.1. Both these teams will be going over. I don't know. Over is probably a better play because you got a chance of overtime or light fouls. Should be a tight game. Uh, if I had to pick something, I'd pick over. But I just the Zags are just too big of an edge here in a game where fully healthy UCLA, different story. Not fully healthy UCLA. I love plus odds on the Zags. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I was fully preparing this game for all the reasons to back UCLA because I I was Gonzaga was going to be favored. UCLA's injured. Everybody knows that they've not really played anybody. And then the line comes out, and I'm like, oh, scrap everything I just. Said. <laughs> like, right. This is this is like I I don't I was this is shocking. Um, this game is relatively simple, but like very complicated. Just like we talked about with Kansas, you take yeah. out Dewan Harris, they're not as good. Simple, eh, hard to do. Uh, 
pace, right? This is everything about pace. If you look at Gonzaga's schedule, they the games they lose against good teams. I mean, throw out Purdue. Purdue's a slow team, good team. Had a weird shooting night. Apparently, what we thought was going to be the Purdue we saw all year was just happened to be a weird shooting night where they got 84. But Baylor beat them 64-63. Loyola Marymount, 68-67. St. Mary's, 78-70 in overtime. Right? Like, so those are low-scoring, slow games where they went against a good defense. The times they beat good teams, they ran the ball, got in a track meet, 88-84 over Xavier, 88-72 over Kentucky, 100-90 over Alabama, which was basically mm-hmm. a home game, 77-51 mm-hmm. over the same St. Mary's team. They just ran them out. TCU, this last game, 84-81. They want to go fast. Who who can dominate that? And I think you're right. The injury is where that's going to come into play. You're yeah. going to get foul trouble because Timmy is great at drawing fouls. He gets away with murder down there, I think, because of reputation. Uh, but he's earned it. He's also good enough that he's earned it. That's, that's the star like, player. The the that's that's the yeah. way it happens, for better or worse. It happens here. It happens yeah. in the NBA, right? It happens in the NHL. We see it all the time. It happens in the NFL, right? Your, your star players get more calls. Well, not only that, I mean, but the refs are human, right? So yeah. you're going to give the player that has a reputation the benefit of the doubt if you didn't see it all 100%, and you're not going to blow that whistle, where if they're not as good, you're going to blow the whistle because you thought you saw it. Uh, UCLA's defense, incredible. Right, going through this, they've held opponents to 60 or less 19 times this year. And Jeez. it's very rare that teams have got above 70. It's it's wild how different these two teams are. But I just think the injuries should be foul trouble or something like that, where UCLA is not putting the, their five seventh best player out there. They're looking at nine, 10 because of injuries and all that. And Gonzaga is going to be able to speed the game up. Tiger Campbell is not going to be, be enough to control the pace here. Hawkins is a the fun battle to watch is going to be if Hawkins and Timmy end up on each other because that's going to be an absolute blast to watch as good as those two guys are. Gonzaga is the play. There's getting plus odds on Gonzaga here is incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm surprised Gonzaga isn't favored. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any home court. You know, this game's been playing in Las Vegas. I, I don't really think there should be, but maybe that's a little bit built in. Maybe it's just, again, UCLA, the reputation and the run they made last year. It's just the late team is incredible. And again, I'd have them top three, you know, top top four at least. It's just the injury to Clark. Yeah. And now maybe the rolled ankle situation here of what happened at the end of that last game. Yeah. Just not 100% how that's going to affect UCLA. And that just takes their defense from, that defense from, oh my gosh, you can really slow down. Gonzaga, but now I'm just not sure if they can slow them down enough. And Gonzaga, you know, at this point, you know, just needs to get to 75, really. If they can get, you know, into the 70s, they got a really good shot to win this game. And I'm not sure this version of the UCLA team can hold them yeah. below 70. Fully healthy, maybe can. I think it's a much better game. But as I think, I think you say, plus odds, just way too good to pass up on the Zags. Yeah. Uh, Jake, any parting words then for the viewer as we sign off here? Yeah, like uh, right now, I am on top of our bracket pool, so props to me. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give those props to myself because I know it's not going to last long. So, Who did um, you pick to I win? Had, I had Duke winning it. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, it was a plus 2,200 pick. It's not like I took the favorite. That's uh, true. Did I take the favorite? I probably took the favorite, didn't I? Yeah, you took Bama, so mm, close. Yeah. Uh, but hey, to be know. fair, I told everyone when we did the bracket. I hadn't even looked at the bracket. I just, I was just picking games based off what you said. So I, I had no idea what was going to happen. I only had two number one seeds going to the final four. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just picking. Right. <laughs> hey, it's working out. I'm going to take. I'm going to enjoy my lead as I can now. Score the points like you do in Daytona 500, and just 
slowly fade back because I don't have a lot of possible points left. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it goes when, when your champ goes out. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel. Just drop right to your feed. Be back again. Let's finish out the Sweet 16 Friday games. And we'll cover the Elite Eight games also later in the week. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.